Hello everyone, my name is Tatiana Gefter, I use she-they pronouns, and I am playing Alma of the Veil with the Gravedigger playbook. Hi, my name is Nishit Zaya, I use any pronouns, and I am playing Fletcher the Witch. My name is Janine Florence Asinto, I use they-them pronouns, and I play Haku Bayani, Starkeeper. Hello, my name is Okta, I go by they-them pronouns, and I will play male three strings. From the Weaver's Hi, my name is Harper Sage Pettit. I use they or she pronouns, and I will be your guide for this season of Queer PG of Kith and Pen. The content warning for this episode includes complex and complicated relationships and brief horror imagery. Dear Kiko, I know it's been a while, and I'm sorry I haven't been able to commission you in a minute, and that is going to continue, unfortunately. And I thought you'd might want to be updated since I'm one of your more regular customers. I'm kind of out of the lastings right now. That's pretty typical. But I'm out with a bunch of us. I'm sure you've noticed all the weird stuff happening on the lastings. So a couple of us are on a mission from the Serval to figure it out. Our first stop is Portsmore, which was a lot. They're having some of the worst storms I've ever seen. So immediately as we were flying in, the starboard engine broke and we had to be towed in. It was a whole thing. Luckily, we did get to meet with their serval, a little field mouse called Birch. Super adorable, but a little high strung with everything that's going on. And the captain of the guard, Calix, is the one who towed us in. And they've also been experiencing kind of the same weird stuff that's been going on at the lastings. Their spiritual leaders haven't been able to commune with their gods either so there goes my theory of having the gods just find new homes i guess they're all kind of gone which is um concerning sorry regardless obviously with everything going on the citizenry have been a little unhappy with the state of things so i decided to stick with birch and try and help to mellow things out and talk to the council while Haku and Fletcher go to Spirit Island to figure out what's been going on over there and talk to some of the spiritual leaders and see if they can figure anything out. You'll never guess who was on the ship with us. <laughs> Chandler. Yeah, I probably mentioned him once or twice to you, but he came along and poor, poor New got stuck with him. I think things worked out. I heard somewhere along the grapevine that Neo did a whole like performance of storytelling and that it really helped to calm people down and bring some levity to the situation. And I guess Chandler really helped with that. As shocking as it is. There's also this mystery. Um, someone stole something from the library. Some of these old scrolls or texts or whatever. So I'm going to try to figure out who did that as well. Anyway, all this to say that I'm sorry I won't be able to commission you for a while. I hope things are well, and I'll try to keep you posted if I can. Best wishes, Alma. 
So yeah, we pick up with um, the group leaving the library, and we kind of flash over the town square and, and Neu and Chandler still performing, and then we start to go a little up, a little northeast, and we kind of follow our eye, eye line down to where we see a little flying squirrel and a bit taller otter being led by a town guard towards the um, sort of like inlet river area and yeah you're, you're we're down on the bank now our star boy Haku has a fresh pair of specs and you're being led to a little dock by by the uh, the guard and he turns and says to you well how are you with one of those and he points out at the end of the dock where a almost like it's like one of those trefoil boats like up off the the, the water a little bit so it was kind of like up uh, floating somehow and it's attached to a giant water strider you ever ridden one of those before? What is it? It's a water strider. I've never seen anything like that before. And it has its water sleigh. A sleigh? I like sleighs. Yes. Well, I guess I can go with you if you've never driven one of these. That that would be much appreciated because the last time that I tried to um, move a ship in some way, um, my glasses came off. And I'd like to keep these ones longer, if possible. Last time I was on a sleigh was when I was learning to glide, but that was off of a mountain. So, I don't think it's the same idea here. Well, I was sent to be with you um, and, and lead you here. I don't see why I can't take you a bit further. All right, step aboard. So he, he starts to, to climb up the little uh, three-step thing up into the this like platform ship and it does have a little bit of a lip but it's it's not like a a complete like boat setup you're you're not really supposed to sit down almost more like a paddle board and he helps the two of you climb on up and he comes goes up to the front grabs like the two leather straps that are used as the reins and says all right you ready do we grab on is there anything to to grab? No. Oh, do, do we each of us get a leather thing to hold? No, it's not too bad. Oh, okay. Just just ready yourself. Fletcher, you might want to keep your um, arms down. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. So he kind of gives a good yip-yip and pulls the, the reins and the little water shutter just kind of like, takes off somehow. You don't know how. It's not moving its legs or anything. It just starts to kind of glide out on the surface of the water, almost as if it was uh, ice. And this boat kind of just very smoothly follows along. And you see these waves kind of like coming towards the, the boat quickly, but because you're above the, the water a little bit, you just it's almost in like two or three seconds you're to the other side and starting to disembark. Can't we do that again? 
That was cool. That was cool. That was cool. That was cool. Well, it's the only way back, so yes. I really like that. Well, I enjoy it too, if I'm being honest. That's like the gliding without the falling. Yes, I could see that. Anyways, the druids will be right over that ridge. I'll be here whenever you're ready to leave. Okay, thanks! And then Haku starts walking, and then waits, and then looks at Fletcher and just goes, Let's go! Fletcher will go with him. That was very fun. So the two of you go in the direction that he pointed, and it's not too far from when the the, the bank starts to... The sound of the, the water like kind of crashing on the bank starts to, to fade, and you start to hear, like, wild ish sort of music and um, a sort of yelly sort of screaming um, going along with it. So do you think the priests are musicians? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Wait, we, we don't. We shouldn't interrupt if they're doing music. No. They know that we're coming, right? I think so. Did the serval tell them? You would remember the serval not telling uh, or making like, any sort of note that he was going to tell. We do have to figure out what's going on, so we might as well get closer. Yeah, let's just, just watch from afar. Don't interrupt. And, and, and be kind to their r- rituals. Do you see any like really friendly druids anywhere? Do we see friendly druids anywhere? So if you would like keep going up that little bit of a hill to like the the plateau, you would begin to see like a altar seemingly carved out of the old fallen down log of a massive tree. And on that altar or platform are four kith in this, like purplish cloak and like with gold sort of lining and they are on this platform two of them have like a giant like fans and they're like fanning up this like sort of coloring in an interesting way fire while one plays very like rapidly on some sort of string instrument and the other one is kind of dancing around and singing i am going to sit and enjoy this for like a couple of beats. Okay, like actually sitting like on the the ground. Watch. Well, I think I'm gonna. Do you know? You know, like when you just kind of lay to hide, just like fully, like just spreads on the ground to like just stay level, but still be because we're on a hill that's going. Is it down? We can see down to. You kind of like so you went up like a, a slight incline, and it kind of plateaued, and it goes down a little bit, but not. Not a lot. They they seem like it is like elevated up some, so it's co- closer to flat than it would be uh, looking down on them. I'll sit when Hako sits. Fletcher's probably about the same height standing, so Fletcher's just gonna stay standing. And so as you carry on um, watching for a few moments, the music kind of like hits like a twang. And they stop, and you can tell that like they start arguing amongst each other. But you, 
can't tell exactly what they're arguing about. And as you've, like, sat in this moment to, like, pause as well, you notice, like, their robes, like, are nice quality, but they are, like, soaked with sweat and dirt, and they look uh, very ragged, very tired, as we're kind of, like, on this platform, yelling back and forth. Um... They start this argument, like, immediately after finishing? Yeah, it was like a a twong, and then one, you hear, like, a shriek, and then they, like, kind of, like, stop doing what they're doing and, like, turning in towards each other, yelling back and forth. Padra's just gonna start giving a little bit of an applause. (laughs) I I join. Your applause sound as if they are amplified somehow, just kind of like echoes out over this plateau, almost as if like the wind that kind of was like nipping at your heels, kind of going between your legs, underneath your arms. Fletcher kind of pushes you a little bit, and this like wave of like clapping kind of like goes uh, to the platform, and then they stop arguing and like all look at you right away. And the one that had that didn't have anything that were like dancing and singing is a large bird um an ibis i don't know if you're familiar with that it's kind of like a a stork and a flamingo mixed so like they like go to the front of the stage and say well who are you hi i'm fletcher i really liked your music um hi i'm haku we were sent by the serve all. Oh. Yeah, uh, Birch. Really now? Quite interesting. And the Ibis kind of looks back and forth. Uh, did you know that the serve all was going to be sending us some people? And next to the ibis is a ferret the the one holding like the the rustic stringed instrument it looks uh kind of like a lute but instead of like a nicely like polished out like wooden body it's like a a log like a piece of a log with these like four or five strings kind of like strung up um and he says uh no i did not did not know anyone who's coming, but I'm tired and a little delirious. Why are you here? Um, well, we just got here. Uh, we're from the Lastings, and, well, we're in a bit of a complicated situation. I think you guys might be, too. As you say the Lastings, I kind of, like, <laughs> like whisper back and forth, and the... Ferret kind of whispers back, uh, Tell her, you, you know the Lastings, right? Yes, I've heard talks of the Lastings. And there's a seagull off to the side with one of the, the fans drops the, the fan. I, my grandfather said he went there several times. He would fly there. And it was also in my vision. A vision? When did you have a vision? Recently. Uh, the past two nights I've had the same vision. And you see that Teller, the the seagull, out of all the other, the, the whole group of four, like, seems to be the most ragged. Like, he's not slept in a little bit. And he kind of, like, stumbles back, and a 
and Olm, who was at the, uh, on the other side, had come over to the, that side and grabbed uh, Teller and kind of like pulled him down into a rock and says, "Hey, hey, just settle down, man. Just you're, you've been going through a lot. Sorry, I don't think any of us have really introduced ourselves. I'm Rome. I'm Teller. Um, uh, this is." This is mist, and the ibis sort of bows. Oh, oh I'm tired. And the, the ferret next to them bows. We are spiritual advisors in this land, and our friend, uh, uh, our friend Teller here, gets visions sometimes. Could you tell us about what you saw in the visions? Yes, uh, so I saw the lastings there. Thriving, the crops growing, the people celebrating. I saw things bright and bountiful, but then I heard a crack, and the main lasting split asunder and started to sink into the ground, along with the other lastings. Two nights in a row I've had this vision. I've never dreamed of the lastings before. Oh. That's not good. Do you have visions about anything else? Do your visions usually come true? Sometimes. Sometimes they don't. It's honestly quite hit and miss sometimes. Oh, okay. Do you have, like, a percentage or a ratio of the levels at which your visions come true? So yeah, Tive's going to speak up and says, um, uh, yes, tell us quite good. Just never had something quite this big. Another clarifying question. Visions, do they normally give you a time frame or are they like omens attached with? them or just kind of a poof could be happening tomorrow could be happening in centuries could have happened centuries ago considering he just started having these i'm not sure it would happen centuries ago optimistic yes i i'm not confident of when this would happen but probably within our lifetime so can you tell me about what you were doing before you know we came and saw you. Uh, why are you all so tired? What have you been working on? And the Ulm speaks up, uh, Roan, and says, Well, we were trying to lure two of our gods back. We noticed that they had left, so we were performing for them in the way they like us to perform usually. And they're still not back. I don't know how to tell you this, but the gods on the lastings have also left. And I would really like to know if Teller has any more visions about anything else. And Mist kind of <clears throat> clears their throat and says, I guess we will tell you if he has more, but... How would we contact you? Oh, um... I... think there's a weird way to do it. Um, so, take a piece of paper, write the name Puck, 
and then burn it and then think really, really, really hard about me. And within like a few days, the message should get to us. Yes, we've used that method before. All right. I guess we can, we can do that. The two of you, give me a heart roll. That's four plus five, plus what is my thing? I got, I got a ten. I also got a ten. The two of you noticed as soon as you like, kind of got a bit closer to the platform, and then when you like, got closer and closer to it, it just got more evident as you take in this sort of orb of energy behind the the spiritual advisors um it's this purplish kind of hue but it kind of bounces back and forth um to like a darker purple to a lighter almost lavender color and it's writhing and you weren't sure but it it starts to look like it's it's growing smaller behind them by the time they kind of kind of go through what they had been experiencing um and wrapping up that conversation about keeping up with each other and sending messages back and forth and it just keeps shrinking it's not a lot but it was bigger and now it's a little less big since you've been standing there what is don't i'm hello uh wow look at look wow look there um haku points at the orb (laughs) and the four of them just like look back and kind of look stare back at the the back for a little bit and then like slowly look back at you and teller says i mean i feel a little weak but am i just not seeing something and the th- the two the three others are like no i, I uh, what are you trying to what are you trying to pull no, uh, this hasn't worked since i was like in 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 in, in very young years um so you don't what does the color purple mean to you? Uh, sometimes it means, like, regalness or opulence. Sometimes it means the times of grief. Um, but why? Why is, why do you wear, okay, so let's say that there was this orb that was, that, that was behind you, theoretically. Theoretically! <laughs> and as you're sitting there, it shrinks a little bit lo- more. That looks amazing. Why wear purple? For us, it's a sign of acknowledgement of those who we worship the most around here. Those who can see. I hope to see one day, too. S- see, see... What exactly? The the thought spores. The thoughts spores spores spores. He's saying thought thought spores. Do you not see thoughts spores? 
Thoughts Moors. More thoughts. Why thoughts Moors? Do, do I know what that is? You have never heard of that. Can we both see it? Yeah, both Fletcher and Haku see this. When when that when that is mentioned, does the orb react? No, just kind of again, just gradually shrinking. Can I go touch it? And uh, the, they see you like walk up to this space where you see an orb, and they're just kind of dumbfounded. Like they don't really know what you're doing as you walk past them. And you get a little bit closer and you hear like a kind of like whispery sort of um, high pitched sound. The orb starts to writhe a little bit more as you get closer. And you do feel the air get a little bit colder around you. Ugh. Have I touched it yet, though? You go in for it. You're on Spirit Island. In this sort of, like, blue sort of haze. And you look down and you don't have a body anymore. You're just a point of view. And on the shore, near um, where this platform is, is a giant horse sitting next to a giant elk. And the two of them are just in conversation. And you kind of drift over in that direction, and you're able to start hearing what they're saying. So, Tor. Yes, Gren, what is it? We've been watching over the people of Portsmore for so long... And I must tell you, this has been the greatest pleasure of my immortal life. I definitely feel the same way. I love sending the storms that nourish their fields. I love sending the sunshine that warms their bones. Yes, this has been... Such an honor to see them grow to the people they are. You kind of sit in on this conversation and they're just kind of like going back and forth about these kith of the country, the town, the city of Portsmore and all the things they've done over the years to kind of like grow into the civilization that they are now. And it seems like it goes on for a while and then you hear kind of like a crack and a sort of whooshing, whirring sound. And the two of them turn around to see kind of like on the ridge, looking down at them, a purple shadowy figure kind of undulating there in the wind. Come with me, you fools. Who slumber and gush on about the little trivial things you have. It is time. I need you. And so in that the camp like the, the focus like goes back 
on Gren and Tor, and their their faces are kind of like washed over with like this black cloud, and they just sort of like walk towards the the entity, and they walk over the ridge and just keep walking, and then disappear. And so we snap back to the present, where um, Fletcher, you kind of feel like a coldness from your fingertips down to the tip of your toes like you're just kind of chilled to the bone uh but you hear teller say see that he he didn't see anything <laughs> what are you what are you coming on about fletcher 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 I know where the gods went. I know where the gods went. I know where the gods went. Wait. Do... Do you see? You see? There there, there was a giant horse and a giant elk, and I think they got in trouble with their parents, maybe? Some, some, something was wrong. They were so calm, and it was a very nice conversation. I don't think they could see me, which was kind of rude because I wanted to introduce myself, but then this, this big, big, purple, giant something came out and got really upset with them for not doing enough which i think they've done plenty enough because look at this place it's beautiful and then they just got really sad and then followed them and disappeared uh, so you're saying you you saw this in like a purple orb yeah i went to go touch the orb because i thought it would smell good you you you're a seer you see i mean yeah, I'm a witch, and my mom's are oracles. Well, that is quite interesting, to say the least. <laughs> Alarming and confusing. I just kind of... You saw Gren and Tor. Y- yeah, that's their names. And they went with someone. Yeah, there, there was a really loud crack sound, and there was a lot of wind, and the the big purple shadowy figure had a really deep voice and told them to go with, go, go with them. And when you say purple shadowy thingy, they sort of all kind of like gasp and like start to huddle up and start like talking. Is the orb still there? Yes, Haku, the orb is still there, but it, it is shrinking, um, kind of just ever so slightly. Because I could also see it, but I don't have any magic in my family that I know of. I don't know. You can try touching it, it's a little cold, but I was fine. I, I got cold when you touched it. You got cold. Yeah, just, like, a little. I mean, like, I felt it from, like, here and here, like, points from, like, does, like, the whole track of, like, you know, from, like, head to, like, toe beams. Weird. I mean, I can go check if anything else is happening. He sticks his hand in the orb again. And you just kind of, like, you're just, like, watching the same thing over again. Like, the same exact scene kind of plays out the same exact way, and you're kind of snap back to reality what feels like for for you like 30 minutes to an hour um for everybody else just like a second you know you're back yeah nothing new happened 
yes, the thing about the Thoughtsmores, they or the way moments of intense grief and also discomfort, like real big time emotions happening, they are left in memory, but only some people can see those memory. Oh. And it's not, as far as we've been able to tell, an indication of magical capabilities. I mean, Hako, do you want to try touching it? It's kind of fun. Yeah, sure, okay. Haku pokes it. And Haku, you feel that, that cold feeling that kind of just like takes over your body as you go into that memory and you see the exact same thing that Fletcher saw and now it just kind of makes sense. I don't know how I feel about the whole cold feeling when you poke it and you just like, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. It's not very nice. Sir, you're going to ask them a question. You'd think light would be warm. Anyway, well, I I just... Do you all know who the purple person figure is? We're not exactly sure of their, I guess, existence and when they came to be. But we've had stories going back of something that we've just called the existence for so long. What came before, basically. That's a little confusing. I think the world is very, very old, and I, based on what the purple shadow said, what we know right now, our lives is a very, very small part of it. Now that the both of you have seen the purple shadowy figure, go ahead and give me an instinct roll. Nine. Uh, I have a eight. So the two of you recall the shape of the purple shadowy figure, and you didn't want to believe it, but the memory is just kind of burned into your head about the the horror sort of show you were shown whenever you were little uh, through through a local wizard who would do that sort of stuff. Kind of projections on the wall. And the the monster in this movie that scarred you for so long was the shape of a human. Humanoid. Your parents said that they were what came before. And that's what used to be here. Human. <laughs> it looked like a, a human. Wait. How do you know that word? Um, I, I, I learned it when I was little. It was just a really scary thing in, a, in something a wizard would show us. That was just something that we would call them here. You know about humans? Yes. You've seen these before? Not exactly. Mm, well, how have you seen them? It would just show up in, like, a projection that a wizard would put up and be really scary, and I 
usually close my eyes, but that's the shape of them. This is getting quite interesting, to say the least. Common folklore from two separate places. I think we need to get our gravedigger involved. You said that these memories are brought on from grief? That's basically the the long and short of it, yes. Um, I, there are other theories, but I'm sure you don't want to hear those. No, I, I am very intrigued by what you are saying, and this is very helpful information. That's all I got, sorry. I thought you were going to say but. <laughs> no! Well, um, I guess thank you for coming out. And if you need us, we'll be here. And they point over to, like, a tent that you didn't notice at first, like, off to the side on the platform. So, yeah, they're just staying here. Oh, actually, you guys can also write us. We're a bit of a letter-writing club. And the Ibis, too, uh, kind of seemed the most sort of hesitant to engage with you. And says, oh, you don't say. I love a good letter. Yes, I will do that. Yeah, look at this fancy stationery I got for my birthday. Ooh. And they sort of, like, like, like whip their head back and, like, dip down, like, in, like, a very dramatic way to, like, kind of get closer to it. Um, and they are just, like, ooing and aahing over it. And Fletcher will write all the contact information to get to them on a piece of paper and then hand it to them. The two of you would head back to the ship after that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so y'all get back on the water strider glider thing and zip across in just a few seconds, and you're led back to the town hall. The town has dispersed, and Mayu and Chandler are, like, kind of walking back from the, the town square to the the side where other a few other ships are, are docked, and the Flying Dutch Kith is docked. As you get there... Um, you hear a clatter as, like, a lot of the ship is kind of covered with, like, little lizards, uh, dressed in, like, little, like, coveralls, and they are just, like, banging things, uh, pulling out boards, like, the, the engines that are on the side are, like, kind of being, like, completely dismantled, um, and I guess, Alma, how are you responding as... Alma, the and Birch and Calix are kind of up on the on the deck, just there. It's been a while since the ship has gotten a fixer upper, per se. You know, so it's about time. So you know, she's just kind of like kind of directing the little lizards to the more problem areas of the ship. Like, there's definitely there's been some um landlord treatment of the ship where Alma has just kind of covered up things that are problems with like posters or artworks and like boxes and just like oh you can't see the water damage if it's not there so she's just kind of directing them where to go to fix everything and so the rest of you climb aboard as Alma's just, like, kind of giddily talking to Birch and Calix, and Chandler um, kind of speaks up. We just did a performance of the Lifetime. Nay, it was wonderful. You weren't too bad either, and 
Actually, thank you for your support there. I was not expecting that, Chandler. Yes, well, I was on stage too, so it could have made me look bad, but yes, uh, I I did enjoy it. I did, besides those three little possum babies that fell asleep during my star talk, but they were babies, so... Yeah, um, I I did actually find it quite interesting. You you do have a bit of a different angle to it than Haku usually talks about it, but still quite interesting. And he says, <clears throat> well, speak of the devil, uh, and points back to to Haku and Fletcher as they they're on the ship now too. As as they get closer, um. I'll just like get, we're probably same same similar kind of height. I'm just gonna get closer to to Chandler's ear, and I'll just say, and just um, I think if you try and be a bit more mindful of how you communicate where you see yourself with respect to others, that could help you moving forward. And then I'll take a couple steps back, letting him process that eventually. You hear him audibly like, Hmm. I should start considering what others... Hey. Hey, is anyone else out there obsessed with dice? Does anyone out there want to join the I have too many dice sets for my own good club? Or is this going to be a party of one? Because I would be the first to tell you that I have a dice problem. But I don't necessarily think that's the worst problem to have. So if you've got the same mindset, QueerPG has a fun little offer for you. If you head over to FanRollDice.com, you can use our code QueerPG10 at checkout to get 10% off your purchase. They've got gemstone dice, my personal favorite. They've got wooden dice, they've got metal dice, and a whole bunch of other designs and accessories to fit all of your dice gremlin needs. So if you find you're itching for something new to add to your collection, head on over to FanRollDice.com. And remember, QueerPG10... That's Q-U-E-E-R-P-G-10 at checkout to get 10% off. Have fun rolling! Fletcher and Haku, as your, like, thought uh, process like, is the emotion you're going through right now, visible? I think a little bit. I think Fletcher looks uncomfortable a lot of the time, so it might be hard to tell beyond the typical uncomfortable. Yeah, you just see Haku in, in, in a little notebook just making constellations that aren't real constellations, just is now playing Connect the Dots um, in in their notebook. Neu and um, Alma would notice that the, their friends aren't quite right when they're kind of stepping up into this the half circle that is now formed into a full circle how was the island guys aqua got new glasses those are really nice yeah i did i did notice it yeah new glasses really suit you such an improvement did wasn't what i asked wow look at the glasses that doesn't work on me anymore hawk (laughs) it worked today what happened on the island? We think that the gods were kidnapped by a, a 
human. You know, the scary ones that we watched in in, in Mr. Twinkle's um, visual show? Isn't it pronounced He-Man? He-Man. Human. I distinctly remember it being He-Man. The thing with, like, no fur and it's just plain skin. Yeah! Yeah! Yeah. Are those the ones that, like, from before, right? Yeah. From, like, before before. Yeah. In theory. Are they even... So they are the ones that made those scary, scary black, dark things that that we passed on the way here? With all of the metallical things reaching up? Yes. Um... I mean, yeah, if you want to believe the stories, but... Alma. What? Come on! Alma, I, I know you kind of don't believe in humans, but... Uh... In your work, have you ever come across, like, a, a, a orb of energy that's kind of, like, cold and whispers a lot? And it goes from, like, this and then goes to, like, this. And, like, shows the motion of the of the orb shrinking. <laughs> have I encountered such a, such a thing? Give me a wild check. Oh, two ones. There's a reason why Alma's a human denier. Alma has no idea what Haku and Fletcher are talking about and thinks the two of them are a little crazy. What is your relation to the color purple? It's nice. What does the color purple mean to you? I don't know. It's, you know, I just think of, like, lilacs. You know, flowers. Why? There was a glowing energy thing, and then when we touched it, it was like... Sorry, you touched a weird glowing energy thing? Yeah, why not? Yes, I wanted to see if it smelled good. What? Fletcher did and he was fine. Why would you... Why would you touch it? I touch everything. Science. What did the magical purple orb tell you? It made me feel like I was a ghost... And I saw two actual real gods, a giant horse and a giant elk. Their names are Tor and Gren. And then the big purple shadowy human thing showed up and got mad at them and took them away. Neo, go ahead and give me a wild roll. I was I was thinking that maybe in terms of like understanding color, understanding memories and the capturing of all of that. That's the two sixes. And my wild is, is one, so that's 13. Your teacher, who taught you how to weave, mentioned these thoughts mores before. They didn't call them by that. They just called it memory weaves. And you would think about those and envision those in your weavings and literally try to put those thoughts and feelings into those and so yeah it wasn't the exact same usage and way it would take place but still in that same vein and founded on those like purple memory orbs i think that what you saw uh, my my old mentor kore he's he's spoken to me about them and at points, he's he's made some, he's made them in a, in a kind of very small way, so that we could practice capturing them, so that we could practice understanding them. But 
we all did that a couple of times. He called them memory weaves. They are definitely a thing, Alma. Like, for sure. The advisors there called it a thoughts more. The purple orbs might be a thing. I believe the purple orbs could be a thing. Fine. Just saying. What actual evidence do we have that the He-Mans, you know, made the stuff outside or like stole a god? Even if there was a He-Man today, let's say. Why kidnap the gods? After so long. I mean, how long has it been since, you know, the He-Mans were walking around? I don't know, but the human, the human said to the gods, he said that, that they were living up to their potential and that they had to go with, with them. And they got really sad and walked away. And like when, when the, when the purple human showed up, there was like a big crack. Speaking of which, one of them had a really scary vision about the lastings. Way to bury the lead, Fletcher. I forgot. So, humans can scold gods? Well, um, in the vision that Teller had, their name's Teller, um, they saw the lastings and it was, you know, like how the lastings are. They're wonderful. And then there was a big crack and the lastings sunk. You know the thing about visions? Sometimes they're just a little bit... A little bit of bullshit sometimes. He had it twice. In a row. In the past two nights. What's the... What's the ratio? They didn't really give a straight answer. Oh, good. So, memory weaves. Do they always end up the same color? And who can see them? So, Neu would recall that... His teacher actually said that they didn't actually exist. Like, nobody's ever seen them. But they've felt the energy before. In terms in terms of, like, actually, actually seeing them, Anel will try and avoid Alma's gaze at this point. No one has seen them, seen them. But if you get, like, really close to somewhere where... There may be one, and you try to connect to it. That's how you can. That's how you can try, and and, and make a, um, and get an understanding of what that memory is holding. That could just be a spirit. Spirits hold on to memories all the time. That's kind of their whole shtick. It's more like moments. But I know what spirits look like. But do spirits also just kind of like shrink continuously, not on purpose, and stay a singular color? No. And is in a ball form? You know, you're asking a lot of really good questions that uh, I don't have the answer to. But we weren't there. Not that we don't trust you and believe you. But, like, this is a lot. Okay, well then... So now we just don't have only the gods to worry about. We also need to worry about these mythical beings from way before that somehow are back. Maybe it's part of the same problem. Maybe the human took our gods too. Um, if it's shrinking, maybe we could try and understand it fully or maybe stop it from shrinking or, or try and capture it somehow before it goes away. It's something we could maybe bring back to, to Fallon. If, if we're going to try and tell people that there is a, a human... And he's scolding the gods and, and taking them away. We, we kind of need some proof, maybe. 
So we go back to Spirit Island and get the little orb. Okay. You know, now that you bring up the He-Mans, I was went to the library, right? With the Serval to talk to the council of guild leaders and see what's up. And the librarian mentioned that a couple of things had been stolen. Um, like really old, like old, old tomes and texts. One of them is like huge, like huge. And no one's been able to translate it. And the other one's about something called the Great Uprising. Does that sound familiar to any of you? Maybe I've heard of it in school. You can give me an instinct check. I got a eight. I rolled a two, but I have plus two, so it's a four. (laughs) The Great Uprising makes the two of you, especially Haku, think of another projection story of a great uprising in space and it was like a sort of future magic sort of projection and that's what the two of you just kind of start thinking about and fletcher you think about like the stories of like the old wars and the quote-unquote great uprising was i mean very tropey, but when the machines took over. I think the Great Uprising is about the machines at war. Alma, does she go to the the, the projections? Like, would she have seen this this older movie? She was never allowed to go to the projections. We didn't sneak you in. I think we would have snuck you in. You would have certainly tried. The first time you guys tried to sneak Alma into a projection, you guys got caught and Alma wasn't allowed to leave the house for a week straight. Clairvoyant moms. Clairvoyant moms. Oh yeah. (laughs) I forgot. They're not exactly easy to trick, so. I don't know what the deal is with people stealing tomes. It's like a trend going on. What do you mean? Oh, uh, Zell got robbed like right before we left. What? What? Sorry? Yeah, it was crazy. I went home to pick up my stuff so we could all leave for the trip, and there was just a bunch of security all around, and I couldn't get in, and then I finally got in. It apparently was some, like, old magic or some old family texts. But yeah, someone came in and stole it from that one locker that not even I was allowed to open. And there was, like, a, a big, like, talon marking on it. But it wasn't Lauren. I checked. Why? Well, why would Lauren do it? Why would Why would you think Lauren would do it? Oh, um, Lauren and I kind of broke up. Do we need to ear? Do we need to, do, we, do we do we need to earmuff uh, someone in the circle? Yes or no? <laughs> Chandler's still here. Chandler, go to your room. <laughs> and he's just kind of like looking back and forth. I don't want to. I want to hear what you're talking about um well this is kind of none of your business so he's just gonna like cross his arms and huff and stand there okay well if you're not going to your room everyone come to my room do we just run do we just run i would say everybody except Nao just like keeps going and Nao looks back at chandler and he's like lost like that little bit of like bravery he had and he just looks totally just like sad and dejected and kind of like walks over to the post because he catches eyes with you and uh starts examining the mast where he had like put uh grease on earlier um 
I'm sorry, buddy, but when someone needs to talk about personal stuff, they they've got the right to choose who listens to them. See you later. And now, kind of guiltily scuffles around, scuffles away. So yeah, the four of you end up down in Fletcher's room. So Fletcher brings out the parcel with all the letters and kind of like hands them out like their little like classroom assignment things. And he explains that like this dramatic scene that Lauren and Fletcher went through of like breaking up seconds, like in seconds and how Lauren just took off. And then also like describing like the the descriptor of the suspect around Zell's um, theft and everything. Oh, and I've been sending him dreams through Puck. Who's Puck? Puck is a dreamweaver I met right after we got assigned this big mission. Did anyone else do anything exciting before we left that we haven't touched base on? <laughs> Alma points at Neo. I was... I don't know. I was kind of high. Um, uh-huh. Not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't notice. No, right? I mean, it wasn't that much, I guess. I mean, nothing that has act- anything... Nothing of actual relevance to what we're doing, to be honest. See, you say that, you think that in your brain, but Fletcher <laughs> was holding on to information about someone being stolen, ancient documents! You never know what could be relevant, is what the point I'm making. So lay it on, lay it on us. If you think that's important, I can share a little bit. But yeah, then it's your turn to share what happened. So firstly... Um, I think, as as you guys knew, I was gonna go see uh, my my boyfriend, my uh, my uh, ex, um, and I did found him, and then he was, um, and then he behaved like a dick. So I dumped him. Okay. And then I dumped all of his stuff outside of my window. Um, uh, Loki's scared of what's gonna happen when we go back. I don't know if he will have left the flat, if he will still be there. I hope he's gone. But again, he will have free rent for a while now, so I, I don't see him going. But, like, none of that is actually important to what we're doing. As y'all are kind of sitting there catching up, kind of filling in the gaps of your personal lives, but also what's going on, what you're uncovering, and then you hear kind of like, oh, like, a hundred, like, tiny screams. The, the lizards <laughs> start screaming along with probably Birch and a few other people just, like, scream out and you hear, like, shuffling about and someone running down the stairs real quick and then a banging on your door. I open the door. And it's Calyx kind of sitting there, hand on the the door frame, Catherine trying to catch his breath. There's no color out there and you see this sort of like like wave of gray like a shadow coming towards you and it takes over calyx his his bluish purplish kind of leather um garb that he was wearing turns gray his his gray fur turns almost black and the wave kind of just goes through the room and the same thing happens to you. What the fuck? No, no, are you okay? The colors are gone. Neo looks towards um, Calyx. So you said we saw two gods. Who are your gods? What are they gods of? Gren, the god 
of tides and tour the god of storms. Why would this happen? Neil will try and run up to the deck and see if this is extending like in all of the horizon or if there's like of if this ever stops. Yeah, so you get out and you do see color out in the horizon, but as this gray you look over to the northeast kind of emanates from Spirit Island out and is taking over the city, starting to take over the countryside, spreading into the mountain. Now you also just hear again like the the screams of the like the lizards start to, to die down, but you hear kind of throughout the city, kind of like echoing down the streets, this like different people like screaming, kind of freaking out that color is gone um uh calyx a quick question uh god of colors where would that shrine possibly be we don't have a god of colors Ah. did you uh do i don't think we do do we no 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 we we have have crabs right not colors specifically we have a lot of gods, but none of them really have to do with colors. Maybe Aoife, but they're the grand god of muse and not so much color. This is entirely unexpected. As y'all sit there and think, again, just kind of painting this picture of just like silence, but like screams, and just kind of off in the distance, bouncing down the streets, but it's getting quieter and quieter not that like it's stopping but maybe you're just getting sensitized to it everything's just starting to feel so lifeless i think we have to go back to spirit island Hey everyone, thanks for listening. You can follow QueerPG on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at QueerPGPod. QueerPG is made possible by all of you who listen and share the show. So if you like what you hear, please rate and review. It helps other people find the podcast. You can also support the show by signing up for our Patreon at patreon.com QueerPG. If you're interested in seeing transcripts for the episodes, all of those from previous episodes and episodes to come can be found on our website, QueerPG.com. Until next time.